It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, another game against a Western Conference heavy hitter, another loss to a Western Conference heavy hitter, this time to the Memphis Grizzlies in pretty embarrassing fashion for your Toronto Raptors. We're going to dig into our biggest takeaways. We're going to talk about where maybe Nick Nurse is losing the rope a little bit, plus the good, the bad, and the hmm, which will include talk of Justin Champagny, who was waived before ever even getting a shot to be a rotation guy. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1310 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, December the 30th, your final Locked On Raptors of 2022. I am your host, Sean Woodley. I'm covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can also follow the show at Locked On Raptors. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast apps for free. And we are, of course, on YouTube every day as well. Also for free, just go hit the big red subscribe button, support the show, jump in the comments. The comments section section lately has been uh, popping off, I should say, uh, you know, with mostly Fred Van Vliet slander, but lots of other fun stuff in there too. Good, good chats, good, good back and forth. Go and support the show that way. It's much appreciated. And uh, without further ado, let's dive on into today's show, which is brought to you by Bet Online, who has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts and where the podcast starts is by introducing our pal Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic, recapper extraordinaire. Jamar, how's it going, man? Doing pretty good. Doing better than the team. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, most people this glorious week between Christmas and New Year's, where everyone gets to, you know, there's no, it's like being at an airport for a week where there's no rules and you can eat pizza for breakfast and uh, beers for lunch, and it's the best week there is. I'm doing great. The Raptors. Not so much. Uh, two straight losses now after the Clippers game earlier this week, which I think was a reasonable loss. It was a mostly well-fought affair, minus a section of the third quarter where Norm Powell and Avita Zubats went off. Last night, not so much, Jamar. Just kind of a flat effort against a team against whom, if you come out flat, you are going to get bludgeoned. The Grizzlies are awesome. I had a hard time getting mad at this game because the Grizzlies are just so damn cool. Uh, but Jamar, for you, what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors' side of things from this game against the Grizz? Well, you mentioned Zubac and company bludgeoning the Raptors last game. And then, you know, you throw in Steven Adams, who leads the league in um, offensive rebounds per game. So mm -hmm. it was like, no surprise to anybody that the Raptors got killed on the boards again. You got to start there. Mm -hmm. um, if you look, if you're just a box score watcher, this is the biggest lie of all time. 
because when you look at the box score, the offensive rebounds are even, and the Raptors yep. only got re- <laughs> out-rebounded by six. So <laughs> let's just go to the halftime box score, where I think it was the Memphis had 39 rebounds in the first half, which mm-hmm. I have never seen that number before. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say the Raptors were almost getting doubled at that point. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, it it was crazy. Um, the effort, as you mentioned, defensively, like how many dunks? <laughs> <laughs> jaw putting on a show, which he's, I mean, like Jaw's, Jaw's going to be Jaw, but it, um, the, the effort wasn't there. Um, the rebounding was terrible. The Raptors shot, what, 29% in the first half. It, outside of, you know, Pascal having a 25-10-4 game, which is a struggle game for him. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, and Ga- and Gary shooting well, there wasn't really much positives. It was just mm-hmm. a str- it was just a straight ass kicking. I mean, the Raptors had a little run there uh, in the fourth quarter to cut it to like ten or something, but mm-hmm. I mean, this game was over real quick. They only left yeah. for fifteen seconds the entire game. Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful fleeting fifteen seconds. Uh... <laughs> Three to two. Yeah, hang the banner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the offensive rebounding. You made a you know a pretty astute point there. Uh, Stephen Adams is a monster. You could have predicted that was going to be a sore spot for the Raptors a mile yeah. away coming into this one, and it very much was. Starting Christian Coloco didn't help matters because as much as Christian Coloco is the tallest player on the team, he is also the most rail thin player on the team, and that's two straight nights where it's been like a weird body horror thing putting him up against. Steven Adams and Evita Zubots, the two dudes who might be, uh, you know, the most Christian Colocos across in the entire league if you're just talking about width. Uh, it just didn't work. Juancho Hernan Gomez, tough night. Uh, not getting a whole lot outside of OG Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. And, you know, for me, a few things about this game. I think, number one, obviously, the center issue is, like, an open and shut case. They need a center. No more arguments for or against. Like, they need someone in there who can actually go up against big bodies, of which there are a lot in the league these days because the league is skewing bigger. And, you know, it was nice to think, oh, you get by with 6'9 guys where there's only really, like, two or three actual sort of beefcakes in the whole league to go up against but that's just not the case anymore and teams are parading beefcakes out there even more and more often and the Raptors just don't have the beefcakes to match that's number one um you know I also think this game is sort of amplified by the losing streak in games that they maybe should have won right you know on its face losing to the Grizzlies who are awesome It's not that big a deal, but it feels like a way bigger deal when it's your eighth loss in the last 10 games, and a couple of those losses were easily gettable, winnable games. So it just kind of amplifies and compounds and makes things feel that much more dreadful and all of that. And then lastly, I I do think this game was, I think, a pretty good reminder that the Raptors do, in fact, need Fred Van Vliet. He should not, in fact just be set off adrift on a barge out to sea. Uh, Obviously, you know, the trade conversation with him is going to be a thing for the next month, no doubt. But very clearly, they need Fred Van Vliet, especially in a game where Dylan Brooks, the biggest shitheel in the entire NBA, and I mean that in the best possible way, I think he rocks, but he's a really good defender. He gave Siakam a lot of trouble. He was meeting him with the chest and just kind of making it difficult. Siakam got his in spots, but, you know, 8 of 19, I think that's very much tied to Dylan Brooks being incredible. 
And when you don't have that extra creation that a Fred Van Vliet offers, Scotty Barnes isn't really offering it because he's not having the best time going downhill as a primary point of attack guy right now. It's just, it really is difficult to get anything going offensively. And this was a really, really grim offensive performance from the Raptors. 43 first half points, um, just lots of dry spells. Then they get the third quarter where they actually start hitting shots and then they allow the Grizzlies to hit everything on them. And what was it, like 12 of 14 to start the quarter. <sighs> just, uh, you know, I, I don't know, on, Jamar, man. Let me touch on Dylan Brooks for a second. Yeah, please do. That dude was on one. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's already been in Toronto before, you know, saying this is this is my house and everything. It. I mean, he's a dude that you would love to be on your team. It's annoying mm-hmm. going against him. Um, you talk about hounding Siakam. There is that one possession in the, in the third quarter where he picked up Siakam full court. He mm-hmm. barely, Siakam barely got past half court on time, and he was just basically, you know, little little nudge here, little elbow there. I mean, like this was a physical game; they weren't going to make those calls, nor should they really. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of ticky tack um, call games, but no, he was just on him that entire possession, and I, I I remember thinking, hey man, with the amount that Siakam has to do on a gamely basis. Mm. you can't have him bringing bringing the ball up the court against um dylan brooks as well like that's just asking too much so yeah so he, he, brooks killed that possession and then the raptors ended up taking some terrible shot and dylan brooks obviously you know started talking trash after that he could he wouldn't shut up the whole game there was someone, <laughs> there was someone screaming the entire game at the beginning of the game i think another uh play where pascal missed a shot he was like he yelled out Fuck no at at first it was like who is that and then you kept constantly hearing someone scream and yell every possession and then it's like okay okay it's Dylan Brooks it's still every single possession and then um you know him and Pascal got in a little shoving match at the end of the game but yeah you know throw in his 25 points I mean he honestly I know Ja had 19 and 17 but I I think Dylan was like Memphis's best player yesterday. Yeah, man. I don't think you can really make an argument against it, considering the burden he was carrying defensively, having to guard Siakam every time down. And right. yeah, I mean, that's honestly sort of the biggest bummer takeaway for me from this game is that like watching the Grizzlies play with like the joy and just like fervor that they have all the time. It's like. This is used to be what the Raptors did, right? John doing like, gritties after dunks. <laughs> yep. Like, this used to be what the Raptors were about. The Raptors used to kind of have this sort of, like, FU sort of vibe about them. And that just feels kind of missing at the moment. And I don't really know why that is. You know, there's, plot, there's a million reasons. This is the thing with this team, man. I made this point yesterday. As extreme as like every opinion on the team is at the moment, I don't think I've ever seen a team whose struggles are so not black and white and there's just so many little things coming together, so many reasons to think things might turn around. Um, you know, it, it's it's just like a really bizarre team to try to evaluate and the just the lack of sort of joy and excitement and sort of tenacity, which is all like sort of big picture, simple, reductive stuff. But like, that's really what this team was kind of built on even just last season, right? It, it just, it doesn't seem like it's there. They're, they're missing some kind of spirit or something. And 
there is one guy who I kind of want to talk about as it relates to that, and that is Nick Nurse. We're going to get into him, who I think, you know, I don't think he's necessarily getting fired in the next couple days or anything like that. But I do think there are some serious questions to be asking right now about Nurse, the staff, what's going on on the bench. We're going to get to that in just one second here. But first, a message from the NHTSA. Just imagine you're out with some friends, you're putting back a few drinks, it's New Year's this weekend, of course, a few becomes few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of maybe calling for a ride, but now you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway, and even so, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you could have your insurance go up, you could lose your license, you could lose your job, you could total your car, or you could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic digging into the loss to the Grizzlies last night to fall to 15-20 and 20 for the Raptors. They got the Suns tonight, no Devin Booker, no Cam Johnson. Please just win this game tonight, man. If not, things I think are going to get pretty dire. Uh, as it stands, things feel pretty dire anyway. Um, and last night watching this game, kind of to the point before the break, Jamar, just kind of digging into the the lack of spirit and joy and sort of, you know, all the sort of fervor that we typically associate with the Raptors. That didn't seem like it was there. Hasn't seemed like it's been there for most of this season. Um, you couple that with the fact that the defense is like completely lost at the moment. They're 28th over the last 10 games. Kirk Goldsberry put out his little, you know, net rating report thing. And the Raptors do not look favorably in that. It's, it's rough stuff. And I don't know, Jamar, I, I, I don't think Nick Nurse is a bad coach. I don't even think necessarily that Nick Nurse should be fired until we see some sort of move happen with the roster because very clearly he's working with sort of a hand that doesn't have all the cards, doesn't have a center, there's not enough ball handling, and that's not on Nick Nurse. But I do think there are a few things that do fall to him and like the team having like the will to get up in the morning, I feel like that's kind of on the coach thing. And, and I don't know, like, where are you at right now, Jamar, with Nick Nurse, with the sort of the vultures? Are you one of the vultures circling with him? Um, are, are there things that he's not doing, that the coaching staff is not doing, that, that you wish they were doing? And all of this is, you know, caveated with the fact that we don't know 95% of what goes on with the coaches and the, and the conversations that happen. And so we're always just kind of playing a guessing game with coaching, but we're here to talk about the team and have takes. So, Jamar, what's your thought right now on, on where Nick Nurse is and sort of the the status of his seat and the warmth of it per se. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, big picture, Nick nurse isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I'm not, I would agree. The, yes. I'm not, I'm not one of the vultures, but there are, I don't think this has been, this has probably been his worst coaching year. Mm -hmm. um, 
as far as you know it just feels like and i i know you know nurse has a style of like calling guys out and everything he's done mm. this with boucher time and time again it's like and in probably- fairness uh if you've watched i can't remember who shared a couple of the clips from last night but uh it's fair to call out chris boucher right now some of the, the possessions he had defensively were insanely bad anyway carry on <laughs> but yeah it's like a it's like a Fast and Furious sequel. How many times that you know he's called Boucher out, and, <laughs> and it's like you know, I, like you said, vibes wise, not a lot of good vibes right now. It's it's, it's kind of negative. It feels like guys are just dragging. The defense is completely falling off. You know, people are questioning the strategies. You know, even. You know, he had a little back and forth with reporters because Kawhi said that he was being trapped all game and Nurse said he wasn't. Mm. Although the video kind of supports Nurse in that theory. Mm. But the fact that Nurse is Masai's guy, he, he chose him to be coach. He's going to give him rope because if you look at Dwayne Casey, that wasn't Masai's guy and he gave him quite a bit of rope. Uh, the roster needs a lot of changing, and that's that's kind of where my main thing is. Um, a lot of the ro- the pieces don't seem to fit, mm-hmm. so it's just like how much of that can you really blame Nurse for? Um, there's some things I would want to see, like I don't want to see. Um, I don't. I don't think we need to see Wancho or Coloco starting anymore. Yeah, uh, I think Gary needs to be back in there, um, especially with the lack of shooting that the Raptors have. Um, you know, Precious Precious apparently, you know, seems to be ready to play today. So we'll see how that goes. But it just, things are, I'll use a Dwayne Casey uh, quote. Things are, we're just playing in mud. It just feels like um, a lot of things are in the mud right now. And remember, last year, the Raptors overachieved. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason where it's like, it's okay. How much can you really pin on nurse? Sure. Or it's just, it's just, it's just hard. And then obviously, you know, you have the whole minutes thing. People blame nurse for uh, burning out Fred Van Vliet, you know, something that still happens to be relevant because if you look at Van Vliet's uh, 2022 as a whole, Mm -hmm. there's just been a major drop off across the board. So, you know, there's 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 a lot of things to point at, and I just think it's uh one of those things where you just have to just keep keep observing and seeing mm-hmm. how things go. Um, no matter how ugly this season could potentially get, and then you know next season, you know if we're on the same trajectory, then mm-hmm. things get a little bit more serious. That's kind of my take on Nurse. Yeah, I don't think he's like he got the the guillotine hanging over him, no. about to be dropped or anything just yet. And I don't think the Raptors operate that that way. I think they're pretty patient. And like in fairness, like I do think Nurse over the last couple of weeks, you know, the last couple of games, maybe notwithstanding, has implemented a few different things. You know, going to zone a little bit more often, Scotty playing at the five a little bit more regularly to try to get more out of him. Something they couldn't quite do as much, at least in the first half last night, because. Uh, you know, there was no Fred Van Vliet. They needed Scotty to kind of handle the ball a little bit. Although, you know, he had his best, better success when he was kind of hanging around the rim, as you might expect, considering recent results. It's just, I, I wonder, you know, I don't think he's going to get let go. And I don't think he should get let go until they do make a move to address the roster holes, which are so glaring. And like, by 
like comparison feel relatively addressable i suppose if that's a word before the deadline like it, it seems to me like if you can get those holes filled then you can actually properly evaluate the team and the coaching and all of that and you just can't really do that until that happens and the problem is it's difficult you know the raptors i'm guaranteeing you are making calls right now but you need two to tango and it's not like every team is incentivized to just make the first move that comes on the table they're usually going to wait to the deadline wait wait for the market to develop all that stuff and so you're probably gonna have to overpay if you want to do something right now which maybe is worth doing or if you're 15 and 20 and worried about spiraling further do you want to overpay does that affect things long term and is that like a brian colangelo ass move to panic and overpay <laughs> for a move now it's really hard the thing with me where i kind of where like the nurse defense falls a little flat is the idea that, well, he can't do anything but what he's doing right now. You know, there's just like the personnel's not there. This is the only way they can play. And I just don't think I agree with that. Like the way they're playing, the scheme isn't working as it is. Like it's no. not like they're getting good results when they play their their prime scheme. They're currently Perkley in the glass, 28th in uh, expected opponent effective field goal percentage based on where the shots they give up are coming from. They're dead last uh, in corner threes allowed. They are 24th in shots allowed at the rim. Uh, it, it's And they're not defending any of those spaces particularly well either. They are currently, uh, when it comes to rim defense, they are 24th, 23rd in rim defense, allowing 69% at the rim. They're getting bombed on by, by the mid-range, by threes, everything. It's just they're not a good yeah. defensive team right now. The scheme isn't working working as it's intended and to me that suggests even with the personnel being what it is there's got to be some sort of change up bring less help uh you know be more sort of sold out to protect the rim I don't know what it is but they're not doing any of the things that they're supposed to do right now and so I don't really know how you can defend what nurse is doing and say well it's just because of the personnel like okay mm -hmm. well the personnel's not doing it either so like ch change what you're doing in some way, shape, or form, simplify things, play more zone, gimmick it up, whatever, junk it up. But yeah. as it stands right now, the scheme isn't working. And then you got to – and then that's just the defense. The offense yeah. looks horrible in itself. Ooh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's basically the worst half – basically the worst half-court offense in the NBA. And yeah. um, we – I've seen this in the past. and I think we kind of had that with Chris Finch where mm. – we had like the offensive coordinator type of guy before he got stolen by Minnesota. Sure. And I've seen that. I've seen that work in the past, even in the uh, Reggie Miller days where um, they had Larry Bird as the head coach, but Rick Carlisle was the guy who drew up the, you know, the offensive plays and that that worked really mm -hmm. well for them. 2017, 18, and, they take the control of the offense from Dwayne Casey and give it to Nick nurse and they go and yeah, off. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's funny because, and that that's probably the most hilarious development because mm -hmm. Back then, we thought Nurse was an offensive guy. Yeah. <laughs> and now I was like, no, that was not the case at all. This guy mm -hmm. is a defensive psycho, which even though that's not working right now, but offensively, I don't even know what the plan is, really. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you didn't have someone as amazing as Pascal Siakam mm -hmm. and, and doing his thing, considering the spacing that he has to work with sometimes, it's just like, where would they be? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's both sides of the ball that are really, really reeling right now. At the end of the day, my barometer is like this. If mm. you were to lose and hypothetically, I know it's not happening, but if you were to ask Nick Nurse today, yeah, how quickly would he be picked up? Pretty damn quickly. 
So mm-hmm. it's just like that's that's my tell to say, okay, <laughs> you might I, as much as much problems as we have with him right now, kind of got to hold on to him because not going to do much better. Yeah, because if he's going to get scooped up that quickly, and there are plenty of teams that would want to scoop him up if we were to get rid of him, but for for a guy that seemed to be so willing to adapt, and that was like one of his calling cards, you know. You know, I, I remember his press conference when he just got the job. He's like, you know, we can't be chasing the game. We got to be ahead of the game. It mm-hmm. feels like we've gotten kind of gotten behind the game in some sort of aspects where, you know, he's used to running his schemes when he had a guy like Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka back there. And it's like he's kind of running the same type of schemes without the same type of players, and it's not mm-hmm. working, and it doesn't feel like he's willing to change it. So yeah. I need to see more adaption from Nick Nurse. I think, and look, I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt to be given the runway to adapt and sort of change things, right? I mean, the thing that I'm kind of feeling about the Raptors this year is that they have sort of been figured out, right? They were doing these sort of novel things that no one in the league was doing, Um, you know, even dating back to the finals in 2019, running out weird zones that you only saw in high school games and all this. And as it turns out, he was kind of onto something because a lot of the stuff the Raptors have done has been co-opted by the whole league and like the offensive yeah. rebounding thing. You see the Grizzlies last night, like, yeah, they figured that out. Oh yeah. Offensive rebounds. Good. We, we, we score easy points off those. We're going to do that a lot. Um, you know, game in the possession battle. That was sort of a Raptors thing. And plenty of teams do that now. And the Raptors are sort of at like a, a talent disadvantage because of the lack of sort of versatility they have on the roster. They're kind of stuck playing this one way. And the league has caught up to that way of playing while also having other ways they can kind of skin the apple, as it were. And so, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's nothing, a matter now of, yeah, go ahead. Nothing made, nothing was like more evident of the league copying what Nurse did. Mm-hmm. Till the finals you mentioned when you know mm-hmm. the Raptors were wearing um doing the box and one stuff with, uh, against Steph Curry, and mm-hmm. the Warriors kind of complained about it a little bit, talking about yeah. the high school defense that you mentioned about, and Steph even had like a box and one sweater and everything. And mm-hmm. then a couple years later, Warriors are running box and one. Even this year, yeah. I'll watch a lot of Warrior games and they'll throw in that box and one. And I just have to laugh. So, yep. <laughs> so yeah, the not, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing illustrates, you know, teams copying nurses schemes more than that. And it's a copycat league, which any sport is. But yeah. Yeah. But when everyone's copying you, what you do isn't special anymore. And you have to exactly. then adapt and make and the then, next yeah, move. And that's where the adaption comes in. That's that's the juncture that Nick Nurse finds himself at right now and there's got to be some sort of innovation and like a little less stubbornness i would say when the people who are covering the team are like hey this thing you're doing is not working at all and he goes ah we're still gonna stick with it i don't know maybe maybe a little bit of adaptation is uh is not the worst thing it reminds me of a it reminds me of a baseball baseball where it's like you Mm. know like someone's killing at the plate and then you kind of find their weak spots and you only pitch to that certain part and now it's like okay you know, this, I have to change my approach. That's what I feel like nurse has to do, but we'll see. hundred percent. And like, I've preached patience on this show. I, I think um, the urge to like change everything is like one of the worst impulses of fans and bad front offices. And I, I do think I still maintain that like there's enough on this roster. We've seen it literally in this calendar year. There's enough here to 
be really good and mm-hmm. execute the schemes, but they, they have to supplement the roster, and Nick Nurse has to kind of change things up uh, at least a little bit in his approach and stop being so steadfast. And maybe, just maybe, there are some greener pastures ahead. But right now, it is grim. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side. We're going to get into the good, the bad, and the hmm from the game against the Grizzlies, as well as the news that Chris, uh, Justin Champagny is no longer part of your Toronto Raptors. My longtime Justin Champagny belief which is cast aside. It's very upsetting. We're going to get to that in just one sec. Before that, however... Got to tell you about our friends over at Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show or one sporting event on, or that free trial you never even used. I am very much in this boat. I have so many things I get the monthly notifications for, like, ah, oh, you owe this because of this thing you paid for three years ago. I'm still in that bad cycle. Rocket Money is here to quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. They make canceling subscriptions as easy as clicking on a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want, press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money to save uh, the average person up to $720 a year. That is incredible. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash NBA. rocketmoney.com slash NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here. The good, the bad, and the hmm from the Raptors' loss to the Grizzlies last night, the way we round out every game recap show. Let's begin with the good, shall we? Jamar, do you have anything, man? Anything? What you got? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's hard after a game like that, but I'm going to give Jeff Doughton Jr. a little bit of a shout-out. Yeah, we love it. Jeff Doughton, woo! Carry on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. In a game where the defense was horrible, he probably played some of the best defense on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he provided a little bit of, of a spark. Uh, Nurse and OG and Nobi both credited him after the game. He was mm-hmm. part of the lineup that gave the Raptors a little bit of a hope, a little bit of that comeback in the in the in the fourth quarter. Um, I would like to see. I made note of his, the first time he checked in in the first half. He has a pretty good mid-range game around the elbow area, mm. and then he passed up a couple of those. I would mm-hmm. like to see him take those. I mean, with the way we struggle on offense, uh, you know, he can create his own shot. So he did take it when the game was, like, done in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, but I'd like to see him take that shot a little bit more. But, you know, in his 13 minutes, I liked what, he saw, what I saw from him. He was one of the few bright spots, so that's my good. Must say, it was uh, rather refreshing and kind of staggering to see point of t- point of attack guard defense played by a Toronto Raptor. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, I think Doughton, he was my good as well. I, I think 
Um, you know, he's just got, he's got some slither to him with the ball in his hands. Like he's pretty smooth looking. Um, obviously the defensive efforts were really nice to see. And if he can kind of be a dude who helps force turnovers and stuff, that's going to quickly earn him the trust of Nick Nurse, one would think. And look, you know, can he run second unit offense? I don't know yet. We haven't really seen it, but uh, we're going to get to a guy coming up in a sec who we never really even saw get a shot. I would like to see Jeff Doughton get a shot because, my God, what does this team need more than anything else? It's a random dude to pop off and become a good player, right? Like, they, they, this is just something they haven't really had the last couple seasons. It's a thing they hung themselves on before the last couple seasons. And I, I just, I really, really, really think just a random dude who becomes found money is so badly needed for this team. And uh, Jeff Doughton, hey, maybe he's that guy. Maybe he's not. Maybe they have to go look for other stuff in the couch cushions. But I, I think Jeff Doughton stands as good a chance as anyone of becoming one of those found money guys that we've seen in the last couple of years. And uh, here's hoping. It would be nice to see. Let's go to the bad. Jamar, what you got for the bad, as, other than just all of it? <laughs> well, there is one, uh, one specific possession that Nurse called mm-hmm. out, and you know he had every right to call it out. So mm-hmm. it was in the third quarter when the Raptors were down about 20, and OG mm-hmm. Ananobi made a free throw. And mm-hmm. then in five, five seconds of real time, I'm not even talking game time, five seconds mm-hmm. of real time, the Grizzlies got an alley-oop the other way. Like yep. Steven Adams caught the, uh, the, the, the free throw, you know, runs to the, ba- runs to, to the um, baseline, Throws it to Morant around like the half court area, and then he lobs it up to Zaire Williams. That took mm. like I don't even think that took three seconds of the shot clock. Yep, that was basically the epitome of the defensive effort that game. And Nurse said that you know that's something you could do maybe once every seven years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said that after the game, so that that was probably the worst defensive uh, possession of the entire game. So that alone was my bad there was a lot of bad to pick from but Mm -hmm. the fact that off a free throw they can get an alley-oop in three seconds that is my bad that wasn't even the only time where the transition defense was a complete and utter nightmare there was i think in the first half i think og hit a three and they ended up just throwing an outlet pass to jaron jackson jr for a lob dunk and it was just like Okay, like there's no one back. It, it just, you know, that's how the Grizzlies play. You, like that's just like not reading the scouting report if you're getting caught off guard by that stuff. Um, yeah, rough stuff over there uh, in that department. I'm trying to pull up their transition defense numbers and see where things stand right now. I know that for the longest time this season, they were the best transition defense team in the league. They're down to 10th. That's also helping to drag down their defensive totals because, of course, they like to thrive in the margins. And if you're not thriving in the margins while also being really bad in the bulk of the game, uh, guess what? It's just a garbage piece of paper. Throw it out. Uh, (laughs) My bad. You know, there's a lot to pick from in this game. I feel bad dumping on Malachi Flynn, but, like, he was my bad in this game. He goes 2 of 12, 1 of 7 from deep. And I know he's played well recently, but like this to me, this, I get frustrated with the Malachi Flynn talk because every time he has a good game, the sort of the waves of discourse are like, how is he not getting chances before this? And it's because he does this, like he'll get run and then he'll have a game like this where he's desperately needed and can't convert. And it's not totally fair 
that it's on Malachi Flynn to be on every single time he hits the floor for the Raptors to have a chance. That's not the place you want to be as a team. And maybe that's the bad is the dependence on Malachi Flynn more than anything else. But um, really, really disappointing shooting effort for him last night. And you, you just you can't have that when there's no Fred Van Vliet, when you're not getting much in the way of secondary contributions. Like if he wants to be in the rotation full time, like he's got to hit the shots. I'm sorry. It's just right. it's how it works. And He's done this in the past where he's had little stretches and then it all kind of falls apart. I hope that's not the case here. I would guess he'll bounce back and have a better performance the next time he's out there. But, um, I, you know, this is why Malachi Flynn has always frustrated me as a player and why the sort of free Malachi Flynn thing has never really made any sense to me because he does do this and it's just how his career has gone so far. Um, not that it's all his fault because boy, oh boy, there's, there's a lot going on that, uh, last night that was not Malachi Flynn, certainly. And he did have a nice defensive game, blah, 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 five assists. That's cool. But, um, you know, it's just not good enough. Let's, uh, go to the, hmm, let's talk about Justin Champagne, shall we? So the news yeah. of the day, uh, Champagne waived before his guaranteed date on Sunday. Uh, never really got a sniff this season after I, I thought some pretty encouraging moments last year. Uh, you know, the offensive rebounding was like this innate skill he seemed to have. The three-point shooting came along with the 905 last season. This felt... Like, I'm not surprised because he was a, you know, a non-guaranteed guy who had a guaranteed date and wasn't contributing. And maybe there's something else they can do with that roster spot. I think I'm maybe just more surprised at how little opportunity he received considering the struggles of the team this year. The fact that his three-point shooting, in theory, could have been a bit of a boon to the team. The offensive rebounding, obviously, is a useful tool. Where are you at with the Champagne wave? Are, are you okay with it? Are you perplexed by it? Does it are, are the Raptors actually frauds when it comes to being a player development machine? Where are you at? <laughs> uh, well, regarding Champagne, the injury killed him. That's the main yeah. thing. Um, he didn't get a chance to compete in camp in preseason because he was nursing that injury, and you know. Uh, he finally, you know, got over that with his stints in the 905 uh, a few weeks ago. And then he started to put up some big numbers. And then mm -hmm. he was like, you know, posting on Instagram to free me. I mean, he did get uh -huh. freed, not in the way <laughs> yeah. that he probably expected, but he did get freed. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's not a surprise to me. And then you could also say with nurses rotations, when was this guy going to get any minutes anyway? And then on the on the flip side, you could also say, is this something that the Raptors like if he latches onto another team and finds his home or something like O'Shea in Indiana or Utah mm. and Brooklyn? It's just going to be a thing where it's like we keep hearing about this, like where Champagne has a role somewhere. And it's like, how come you can find a role for him here when we have when we're, 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 you know, struggling with our bench and whatnot and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, I mean, like, that's just a wait and see approach. It just, it just felt like another situation where it's like, he might find his niche somewhere else, mm -hmm. but it was just not going to be here. And yeah, for what, for one reason or another, whether you agree or disagree on, you know, how he could have helped, but it just, I'm so used to nurse playing eight guys anyway. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. my reaction. Yeah, I mean, I do think it was maybe a missed opportunity to not like give him a little run these last couple of weeks before his guarantee date, just to like. And I thought they would see. But... Yeah, like you figure, you know, 
Chris Boucher is not playing super well. The Wancho is not hitting his threes. Like there are forward spots that could have been occupied for chunks of minutes by Justin Champagny in recent weeks that, you know, would have been, I think, useful experimentation to see if there's something there. And look, the Raptors know more about Justin Champagny than I will ever know. They have worked with him for the last 18 months. Like they know what he does well, what he doesn't do well. You know, obviously, you know, we don't know everything that's gone on there, but it is just a little perplexing. It feels like a bit of a, a missed opportunity. That said, there's an open roster spot now. Maybe Doughton gets converted uh, with a couple more good performances. Maybe they go find another two-way guy who they can hopefully turn into something. Uh, or not a two-way guy, I guess a, a fully guaranteed contract. But, um, you know, it, it, it's it's just a weird sort of... This guy might have been able to help and you didn't even try. I think that's kind of where it, it sort of sticks with me a little bit. And admittedly, I came into the season, you know, declaring Justin Champagny a rotation player by December. It's December 30th. He's gone from the team. I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see there. Um, you know, I, this is... It's tough, man. They... The point has been made, I think, by a lot of people that this is the bill coming due for trading all your stuff to get Mark Gasol and Kawhi Leonard and all the various upgrades to the team to go win a title. And now you're kind of hoping that undrafted free agents can become guys for you. And not every undrafted free agent is going to become a guy for you. In fact, most of them will not. And I think we're spoiled a little bit by like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam being very individually kind of unique and special developmental stories that you just expect them to keep on coming down a pipeline and it's just not right. how it works and i don't know if they've lost some of the magic or whatever but it's uh certainly you know we'll see if they can start to get these guys and turn them into real players at some point soon here because they they badly badly need it as we were kind of talking about with doubt in there uh jamar any parting shots anything you'd like to get out there before we round up the show yeah, uh, just check out my work on Raptors Republic, uh, my Twitter handle, Jamar B-H, A-M-A-R-B-H. Uh, I have a Raptors Suns preview coming up in the next, it'll probably up, be up when this you know episode drops. Uh, and I am going to guarantee the Raptors close out 2022 for a win. Guaranteed get, win night. We love it. Woo! Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> Phoenix has lost four of its last five games. They had a five-game losing streak earlier in the month. Mm. You know, guys, certain guys are missing key pieces like Booker and Cam Johnson, as you mentioned. Their vibes are as off as anybody's. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to when Luka embarrassed them in the playoffs last year. So, you know, even Monty Williams and Aiden had another – you know, mm. butting up heads recently. So, I mean. That's future if, Toronto Raptor DeAndre Ayton you're talking about there, Jamar. <laughs> <laughs> really, you see something there. But, yeah, um, I mean, this this is a very winnable game. So, I mean, imagine how down the fan base will be, you mm. know, if they have a couple of days off after losing this game going into the new year. So, I don't see that happening. I think we're going to get, a you know, a little bit of positive energy going into 2023. Yeah, again, you're supposed to lose to the Grizzlies most nights, all things being equal. Um, that's not the concerning thing. It's if they also lose tonight in conjunction with last night's loss, then yeah, hit all the panic buttons you want, I suppose. Uh, but for now, we'll ride off into the sunset with Jamar's guaranteed win night uh, prediction, and we will re- leave it off there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in all year in 2022. It's uh, lovely, of course, to have you all uh, following the show. It's weird to like 
say thank you and we're going to be back in two days anyway but uh you know it's it's always appreciated sorry there's no like year-end sort of conclusion thing i'm very bad at that type of thing however coming up very soon as the raptors move towards the halfway point we will take a look at our over-unders and props predictions from before the season with vivek and sahal that's coming up in the next couple weeks you have that to look forward to all sorts of game recaps guests jamar katie vivek all that good stuff as you usually expect as next week we get back to the five day a week schedule with the holidays behind us uh and everyone have a wonderful new year take care be safe all that good stuff and we will talk to you in 2023 with another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye hey prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.